Welcome to the Black Doctor Collective Podcast. We as Black doctors are in a unique position. We can change our communities, healthcare, and the world. Of course, we start by changing the way we see and value ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Shanika Horn, pediatrician and physician coach, travel extraordinaire. I am so happy to have you here and listening. So let's get into it. Okay, Black Doctor Collective podcast audience. Today we have a special guest. Today we have Dr. Felicia Sumner, who's a family medicine physician. She's a nationally recognized speaker, a best-selling author, and a lover of chocolate. Let me tell you, I don't know if I can trust people who don't love chocolate. I just have to say. Um, so as a physician uh, who encountered dynamics causing chronic illness and burnout early in her medical career, she now uses direct primary care practice and functional medicine training to live out her aspirations and give back to her patients in a more meaningful way. And we'll get into what direct primary care is and what that looks like. Um, but Dr. Sumner is a graduate of the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine and Crozer Family Medicine Residency with additional training from the Institute of Functional Medicine, School of Applied Functional Medicine and Functional Medicine University. A personal note, Dr. Sumner lives in Delaware County, uh, Pennsylvania with her loving husband and her three little diva daughters. She is the owner and physician at Synergize Direct Primary Care which is a family medicine practice aimed at providing better access, service, and value to her patients and to get to the root cause of disease. Additionally, because you know, our resumes are always super impressive. She is also a physician coach at the Authentic Doc Coaching Program, where she trains other docs on how to open their own DPC practice. So I just want to welcome you, Felicia. Thank you for coming on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. Very exciting. So I would love to start out just for the audience to hear kind of your story. I mean, we I feel like a lot of us have similar stories, so it's always nice to hear like what got you into medicine and what you felt like your journey has been like. Yeah, um, thanks so much. Again, I'm super excited to be a part of this amazing podcast. Um, for me, when it comes to what brought me into medicine, I was probably destined to be here because <laughs> I was a child of immigrant Jamaican parents. And if any of you uh, are aware of that lovely culture, you oh, yeah. generally, similar to African families, are a doctor, a lawyer, or you better do something very important with your life. <laughs> Um, so literally, I think from the time I was three, I had said I wanted to be a doctor and I kind of stuck to that, um, passion and goal, um, throughout my early education. I was a little bit off kilter for a moment thinking that I was going to be a Broadway star, but <laughs> away from that after some I time. also wanted to be a singer somewhere around the age of That's like right. 11. And then I went back to medicine. <laughs> yeah, well, here we are sometimes. <laughs> like sing to my patients or something. But other than that, I mean, I, you know, went to school as you shared and what really drove my passion um, for continuing down that road was when my father had gotten um, ill and um, had cancer in my high school years. Gratefully, he's still with us, thank God. Um, but that 
seeing the care that he got good and bad is kind of what propelled me to say, I need to fill um, a certain void. And so um, that kind of solidified things for me into why I got into medicine. Excellent. I love that. Yes. Also first generation, also Caribbean heritage. So I obviously totally relate to you. Totally understand the underlying expectation and also the feelings of now you made it, right? Like there's this thing where everybody's super proud of you, but then what happens when medicine isn't quite what it's cracked up to be? Yeah, how about that? (laughs) Um, I did uh, have a pretty decent go at it for a while. Um, Residency was normal black female turmoil but aside from that it seemed doable and um interestingly once i had graduated from residency i started at um i started with the healthcare system that i graduated from and expected things to be a little rocky because i was a freshly minted attending but little did I know that um, what was originally five doctors in the practice, including myself when I was supposed to start, um, became just me and one other doctor by wow. the time I started. Um, and within three months of me practicing, that doctor unfortunately fell ill. And I was by my lonesome three months oh out goodness. of the running a practice of well over, you know, 10,000 patients. So that's a lot. Yeah, just a tad. Needless <laughs> to say, um, burnout kind of happened a little fast. And mm-hmm. within about two years and them um, bringing uh, uh, providers, you know, nurse practitioners, et cetera, in here and there, it just, it wasn't enough to sustain. And I found myself, um, I had one baby at the time and I barely got to see her because I was working a lot of the evening hours and, you know, there was nobody else to work them. Um, I remember pulling up to the parking lot of my job one morning and it was snowing and I thought, you know, maybe I just stay. That was after a couple of moments, frankly, of as much as my life felt great and I had a loving family of me thinking like, do I really need to be here on this earth? And it made me question, you know, outside of the routine depression symptoms, I guess some would have called that physician burnout. um, When I really started to wonder, like, is life worth living? And that moment when I pulled up to the parking lot and said, I really, I can't go in. I started crying a lot, a lot of crying and praying. um, And eventually felt led to call my husband. And it was that day that we decided I can't, I can't stay in that practice any longer. Um, And so I made a move. I made a move pretty quickly. I, you know, uh, I think actually, interestingly, what was the straw that broke the camel's back was um, literally just a few weeks after I made that decision, I had a miscarriage and Mm -hmm. I was really stressed um, during that point in time. I can imagine. Yeah. um, You know, there are a gazillion reasons for why a woman might miscarriage, but I had a hard time um, not convincing myself that the stress from what was going on had played a role. 
And I remember even in the midst of trying to deal with that, still trying to see patients because I didn't have any coverage. And um, that moment to me was like, okay, this is, this is not sustainable. This is not healthy. I'm literally doing the opposite of everything I preach. And um, that's when I officially decided to give my notice. So we ended up actually moving to rural um, Georgia, super random spot, like with, you know, bales of hay and cotton fields and, you know, an hour away from any major hospital type of rural Georgia (laughs) Um, to work because it was a great setup. We just needed a change of scenery and my husband got offered a job there. Um, and I was offered a pretty nice paying job there and helped to pay off some loans, et cetera. Not all of them, but some of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, was able to gain a lot of experience and it was actually a pretty great experience to be quite frank. Um, being in those kind of settings, sometimes I guess the pressure is not quite the same, mm-hmm. um, the, the CEO was very willing to hear what the physician had to say, etc. But real life kicked in and our family is in Pennsylvania and we had another kid and we needed more support. And my father got ill again and my father-in-law got ill again. And um, a lot of plane trips had said, it, you know, it, it was just enough of a sign that we had to come back home. So yeah. to make a long story short, we came back here to PA and had to decide, you know, where do we go from here? Um, because I'm not going back to that health system. And if I go to any health system, and am I going to experience, you know, the same thing again? And while I was in Georgia, had started plotting a little bit about, you know, what it takes to open my own practice, because while I was down there, I had a teeny bit of extra time and started studying functional medicine, um, which is a little bit more of an alternative approach um, than conventional medicine. And realize that, you know, insurance reimbursement isn't all that great when you're talking to patients about eating healthy and exercise and quitting smoking and, you know, doing deep dives into their health. Um, So how am I going to do this and get paid and not get fired and be (laughs) able to, you know, be a mom of, you know, two at the time now, three. Um, And started plotting and came across uh, serendipitously the world of DPC. Um, direct primary care. And it really piqued my interest. I did a lot of reading, a lot of researching, and um, picked the brains of some very bright minds who are already in the world of DPC and um, have been able to, over the course of where we've celebrated three years, a couple of months ago, built an amazing practice that's fully membership-based, cash pay. Our patients love us to death. And we love them. And um, the idea of burnout is no longer in my trajectory. And if it happens, it's only because I did it to myself, which is an amazing feeling. Um, So, yeah, that's my story in short. (laughs) That's awesome, especially because a lot of people don't necessarily come back from burnout. Right. You see a lot of doctors exiting practice, uh, a lot of docs who just decide, okay, I'm going to either do something medically adjacent or just completely do something not related because they just could not make heads or tails of how to function in this like really dysfunctional system. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's nice to to hear about this option that allows you to still connect with people and have that impact and do the thing that you always wanted to do, but not under that pressure. So I guess tell us a little bit about direct primary care and like how that has allowed you to have like flexibility, like what it means for you. Yeah, um, I appreciate you mentioning that because you're so right um, that a lot of times when we get to that point, we think we have to exit medicine. And um, of course, that was a thought that entered my mind for sure. But I really love um, practicing medicine. It's a huge passion of mine. I love being able to um, diagnose and treat illness. I love being able to have those aha moments with patients. I love being able to see major changes in their lives and be a part of that um, story. And having to give that up would have been slightly devastating. Um, But for some people, it's absolutely necessary for their mental health. And I totally understand that. Um, But it's also great to know that there is an option to be able to get out of that horrific rut and still be the doctor that you always envisioned. So um, direct primary care, it's basically a direct relationship between you as the physician and your patient. Um, There's no red tape in between. We don't bill insurances for anything at all, ever. (laughs) Which is amazing. (laughs) I have not filled out a super bill in three plus years. I don't even know the ICD-10 for a headache anymore. (laughs) Sounds It's absolutely amazing. (laughs) Um, So yeah, our patients pay a monthly membership and that gives them access to um, our office and to me uh, as long as they remain a member. And those membership costs, it varies depending on what you, whatever, frankly, you decide as the doctor and your value, um, for lack of a better term. But um, that patient is able to come in as little or as much as they want and pay that same membership irregardless. Um, and they have access to us for office visits, for telemedicine. Um, I text my patients, they text me. Um, sometimes they email, but I hate emails. Uh, <laughs> and that's that. I would say that, I mean, that's the, you know, simplified version. I would say that I'm just going to address this right offhand. The biggest issue that a lot of doctors have with the possibility of starting a DPC that they get really intimidated by is being quote unquote on call 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And that was frankly the most intimidating thing for me as well. Um, but the thing is, when you own your own practice, you set those terms. Right. And <laughs> my husband, frankly, did a better job at setting boundaries than I ever did. And <laughs> I'm sure many, uh, you know, women doctors have spouses that must do that for them. So we decided to build it as enhanced access. And we never said 24-7 access because we want our patients to know that like, I have a family too. I have a life outside of this practice. Mm -hmm. I love you. I'll do what I can for you. But I prioritize my family. And we've yet to ever have a patient that has disrespected that. In three years, I've probably had a call outside of ours maybe 10 times in three years. 
maybe. And those were calls. And if they needed to go to the ER, they go to the ER. <laughs> like I'm not leaving my office in the middle of the night to go right. stitch up a finger. Maybe no. there are some doctors that are willing and able to do that, but I have three kids and I'm not guaranteeing that. <laughs> and my patients are completely fine with that. Um, yeah. And there have rarely ever been, you know, emergencies in the middle of the night. And if they really are emergencies, then they don't need to see me in my office. They need to go to the ER. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, you know, wanted to make that pretty clear off the bat. Yeah. I think laying expectations, you know, from baseline is always going to be your best bet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. So what is, so what does your life look like now, now that you are running this practice, you're closer to your family, like what has this shift allowed you in terms of like your personal time and like how you use time outside of work? Oh boy. I really, I really love it. I mean, um, I set my schedule and Mm -hmm it's an amazing feeling. And I, I, I'd like to share a story that kind of solidified to me why it was so important for, for me to get here is, um, when I was working for a a previous health system, my grandfather, who I was extremely close to, he had been suffering from an illness for a while, but we, I, I visited frequent, very frequently Mm -hmm. and he had passed away in the middle of the night. Um, when I was still an employed physician, And clearly a lot of devastation had rushed through my body, my mind, my heart. But one of the first thoughts I had was, oh my God, how, how am I going to adjust my schedule? Mm -hmm. Like my whole family's going to go to see him. How, how am I going to get off of work? Right. And that was one of the very telling moments to me that Mm -hmm. why the heck am I thinking about you know, these 26 patients on my schedule when clearly they can technically all be rescheduled, but the burden and the pressure that is consistently there, um, you know, makes you feel otherwise. And I promised myself that I would never put myself in a situation ever like that again, especially now, you know, with three kids, who knows what kind of emergencies arise. Yeah. Anyways, with that being said, my schedule now is impressively manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I keep it that way. I mean, we have a, a fairly full patient panel, but I, I make it a point that Tuesdays and Thursdays, I am never in the office outside of an emergency, mm-hmm. um, which again, knock on wood, has like barely ever, ever happened. Um, because my patients know, you know, sometimes in the real world of practicing medicine, a patient will generally um, kind of stalk you a little bit because they <laughs> don't know when, you know, when you will be accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, but our members know that, you know, like if I need Dr. Sumner, I can just shoot her a text or give her a call. Like she'll right. get back to me. So it's never an issue where I have to like bombard my schedule on a day that I already set not to be there. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm rarely ever in the office. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I um, will see patients and the schedule can be as much as I set a max at eight a day. I love Um, that. I know. (laughs) Or as little as one or two, girl. I'm not playing around. Um, and I will set my schedule, you know, depending on, you know, what else is going on in my family. I don't know the last time that I've 
ever had to miss an event for our children. Um, if our baby has a fever, our patients totally understand they can readily be rescheduled. They never had an issue. Like I never have to question, like if an emergency happens, what are my patients going to think? What are my, whatever yeah. those ratings are, whatever they are, can, are going to be, you know, like I never have to worry about it because we build that kind of rapport, um, where they get it. Like, I know you're human and you know, I'm human and there's no, you know, middleman messing up this story. Um, yes. So we go on vacations more than we ever have. Like I'm, I'm still, I'm finishing up. I'm a perpetual learner. So I still am getting newer certifications in functional medicine. I have time for that. Um, I have other hobbies that I get to enjoy and all of those things I never would have been able to do, um, you know, staying in the corporate quote unquote world of, of medicine. And, um, I'm grateful for that and the satisfaction that I get in being able to spend, mm -hmm. you know, 45 minutes, an hour with my patient and them not feeling yeah. rushed and them feeling like all of their concerns were addressed, like even their list of nine things, if <laughs> necessary. um, I get, you know, to handle all of that without this severe pressure. Um, it's a, it's a tremendous feeling like the level of, um, fulfillment that I have now compared to before is incredible. It really, it really, really is. It's literally sounding like the dream. I'm like, as someone who's <laughs> also like teetering off always about leaving clinical medicine or staying, I'm like, this might be a good option for me because yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So on that note, since we're talking about DPC, you are now also helping other docs get into DPC. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I am. Um, I have a program called the Authentic Doc Coaching Program. I named it that because I realized that what really gave me that feeling of fulfillment was I just got to be myself. Like yeah. I'm not, you know, worried about pleasing the insurance companies or mm -hmm. ever <laughs> just, you know, what I think is best for me and for my patient. And so I kind of even stepped a little bit outside of the world of DPC, even though our, our um, practice is called synergized DPC, I don't even adhere to those lines anymore. Like most DPC doctors are charging 59 bucks a month, 79 bucks a month. I realize that my value is more than that. My patients get way more than that. And so some patients will pay 99, other patients will pay 899 a month, um, depending on their care. And so um, maybe we don't specifically follow those lines, but I'm able to create a practice that's authentic for me and my patients. Um, with that being said, I found that it wasn't an easy journey to do this on my own. Um, it was a lot of trial and error. Um, there were unnecessary mistakes made that I would hate for another doctor to make if, um, they didn't have to. And yeah. so in taking a lot of notes along my journey and trying to ensure that if this ever had to be duplicated again, it would be done well and even better than I did it. Um, I realized that, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of docs are struggling with, you know, do I just have to quit medicine altogether or is there a better way? And so with the help of this coaching program, I've been able to help physicians find a better way. So I do, um, you know, Bi-weekly coaching, we go through all the steps of building a practice, of building rapport, of, of 
building your following of how do you get, you know, patients to rave and rant about you? And how do you get all word of mouth marketing? Like right now we do no marketing at all. It's all, I guess, word of mouth. And we've got a list of patients waiting for over a year. It's kind of sad to say, frankly, we're working on it. Um, but how do you, you know, build a practice that, that people just are pounding on the doors to get into? Because I think we're intimidated a lot um, as doctors to think that we need an MBA to open any kind of business and no offense to anybody else, but like there are way less smart people that are <laughs> doing this than we are. Um, and if they can do it, I'm certain we can. And, and many of us have. And so I'm um, just having somebody to be able to guide you, coach you um, along that journey and to help you avoid some of those common and uncommon mistakes. Um, that's who I am for other doctors. And I'm, I'm happy to play that role. Yeah, I love that. I think um, we're always on a struggle bus of one. <laughs> like <laughs> We feel like we have to do all the things and we have to do it very well. It's not even like we can, we can do it, you know, good enough. We're always like, I got to do the best job that I can possibly do. And then because of that, we feel like, well, I don't have the training. I don't have the expertise. Like, I don't know how to run a business. There's all that doubt that creeps in. Yeah. Because it's not immediately clear. Like, this is how you do it, you know? Right. So I love that, that you're offering that as like a program, just so people can be like, okay, let me skip the mess. Let me get into the process. That'll help alleviate a lot of the doubts. And it also helps you be more successful in general. Exactly. I know that as doctors, we're very algorithmic. And so um, <laughs> a lot of it, of course, is mindset. You just got to do it scared. Right. But it's really helpful to be able to have, you know, like step one, step two, step three <laughs> um, mm -hmm. on how to get this done and be able to sometimes we got to follow an algorithm. Like I don't yeah. I don't shoot that down. <laughs> so yeah. Um, being able to help with that has been, you know, a major blessing as well, for sure. I love it. Okay. So if I was a doc who wanted to set up my DPC practice, where would I be able to find you? I would say best route is just find me on social media. I've got an Instagram, Dr. Felicia Sumner, send me a DM. We'll have a conversation. Um, we can hook up a strategy call. I um, generally want to make sure that you're a good fit and that you're ready um, for us to have the right kind of conversation Absolutely. and um, we can talk and go from there. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I will definitely include your Instagram and your website in awesome. the show notes so people can find it there. If you guys are looking for Dr. Felicia to set up your practices and escape this rat race all of the terrible other components of working for corporate medicine, this is the road for you. So I actually have quite a few friends that are interested in DPC. So I'm going to send them your way also uh, because yeah, I, I mean, it's not helpful to have black doctors who are already in the very, very minority yeah. leaving medicine because we're all too exhausted. So our patient needs us, our communities need us. Mm -hmm. So anything that that helps you, you know, get to your fulfillment, your dream, your goal, and still have a good life and not be miserable. I'm all for it. Amen, so, sis. <laughs> yeah, I'm like we are tired. We can't just be struggling anymore. We're not. We're not doing this. It's 2023. It's time. We're ready. Let's move forward. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. So, what else are you hoping to achieve? 
Yeah, great question. Um, we do want to continue building our practice right now. I am solo, but the waiting list is making it very clear that I can't continue that forever. <laughs> um, so next step is, you know, hiring some more staffing, including providers and, um, you know, just continuing to build that part of uh you know what we do we're considering yeah. even branching out into franchising but you know i don't want to totally put that in the air yet i did i did i just put it in the air it's in the <laughs> universe and it's going to be successful <laughs> <laughs> um but thank you yeah i just you know i want to just continue to build and love and enjoy life um enjoy what the good lord has blessed us with with regards to our family and so i'm just so grateful um, to be able to take in these moments in a way that I probably wouldn't have been able to um, if I stayed on the trajectory that I was. So, yeah. Yay. I'm so glad that you decided to join us on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Like all of these details are super important. I think the journey is important, but also like the feelings. I know there's so many people that are going to relate to the stories that you shared and all of the feelings that come up for all of us when we think about our current jobs, what we hope to achieve, and all that. So thank you so much. Oh, you're Again, welcome. All of Dr. Sumner's information will be in the show notes. We're excited. So follow her on Instagram, get in her DMs. Let's make the shift. Don't quit yet. If you still want to practice, there are better options. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. And what I want you to do next is write a review. I'm going to make this so easy for you. Just go ahead and give me five stars, but also leave a comment that tells me how we can be off the charts. I want you to link us everywhere you can. Instagram at The Black Doctor, The Black Doctor website to join our newsletter. Just become part of our collective. I want you here. Thanks. Until next time. Bye. Bye.